to go ahead and, and grab a seat. The Lord is in this place. It's amazing at a prayer meeting, they have to pull out extra chairs. <laughs> that just goes to speak of what God is doing here at Redemption. And it, it speaks to your heart as well and your love for not just the, the church, yes, but the presence of God. Man, at Redemption, we just want to be the lovers of the presence of God. And so... I believe God is in this house and he's gonna do some mighty things in just a moment. And uh, I wanna create space at the end of the service for people to, to receive prayer. So I'm gonna rush through this message because I think it's vital and important um, for people to hear this and to set themselves up for what God is about to next. So as we continue our study this year on the person of the Holy Spirit, learning who he is, what he does, and why we need him in our lives, I wanna talk to you tonight about how we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I believe that there are many people in this room that you are in situations or seasons right now where you need divine direction. You need, you, need, you need direction that comes not from the world, but you need direction that comes from the Lord. You're up against decisions that have the potential to totally transform your life for the good or for the bad. And you need to have more insight and wisdom than what is available to you. It's important for us to be able to hear the, the voice of the Spirit. And that's one of the questions I get asked all the time. People say, well, Byron, how do I know that it's God speaking to me? How, how do I know, how do I understand, how do I hear the voice of God in my life? You ever ask yourself that question? How, how, do, you, how do you know? The Lord speaking. The God speaks through all of the Old Testament. He speaks through the New Testament. And most of the time, we just think it's people like Paul or Peter who heard. But it's even men like, Zaki or like Zechariah or like, um, like Ananias, people that we don't really pay attention to, the, the minor characters in the scriptures that actually hear the voice of the Lord in incredible ways. And so it doesn't matter if you're the super saint, because there isn't any of us who are the super saints. It just matters if we love Jesus because here's what Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. I believe that God is always speaking the question and learn how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I wanna to read to you out of John chapter 16. We're gonna dive into deeper detail in this next month in our sermon over this, but I wanna to read to you for just a moment, John 16. This is the high priestly prayer. This is the last day of Jesus' life. He's gathered in the upper room with his disciples and it's his farewell discourse. And he says this to them. He says, I still have many things that I want to say to you. Truth, you can have both. You know why? Because he is the spirit of truth. That the spirit and truth, they are not at odds with one another. They are together. It says, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that will come and he will glorify me and he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. He will speak it to you and all that is the father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. Holy Spirit as a he. And I know that that's not popular to gender today's society, but the Holy Spirit is a, is a he. he. God gives us his pronouns, it's a, it's a he. <laughs> he has emotions, he has a mind, he has a will, he has an intellect, he, he, is a, he is a person. And in that, what we discover is that he also desires relationship. In the Trinity, there is a relationship between God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, equal in all of eternity past, mutual respect and adoration. And then God begins to share in that relationship with us and connects us back into the Father. 
And so the key to be able to understand hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit for us is to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person who desires relationship with us, that he is close with us, he is near with us. And here's what I would tell you is this, is the closer you get to God, the clearer you will hear his voice. Like if you wanna begin to hear the voice of the Spirit, you gotta get close to God. The Bible says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you to make time, to set time aside, to be intentional with that. How do you build any relationship? It comes through spending time with that person. And so you're not gonna have a healthy, robust, vibrant and thriving relationship you get to God, the more clear you're going to hear his voice as he begins to speak to you. And so in these seasons where you're looking for an answer, looking for a divine revelation, direction, when you're looking for guidance, when you're looking for hope, when you're looking for what next step you are to take, here's what Jesus says, six ways in which you can learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. The, the first way is this, is that the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible. The Holy Spirit th speaks through the Bible. If you ever want a word from God, all you need to do is read the word of God because this word is actually written by the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, it says, for the word of God is living and active and is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing through the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, is the word uh, pneuma, which is also where we get the term spirit, this spirit inspired. And in the book of 2 Peter, it says they were, and here's what we notice is this, when we read the Bible, it is the only book that the author is present with us in the room as we read it. If you ever struggle with understanding the word of God, just ask the author, he's right there. You can pause and you could say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, help me understand these words. You need to have a clear understanding of the word of God in your life. As we begin to read the word of God, what we're gonna understand more is how he speaks to us, how he leads us and guides us, the truth. And when we understand the truth, the truth will set us free. And so there's a variety of ways, but the primary way in which God begins to speak to us is he first and foremost speaks to us through the authoritative word of God. This is the divine revelation. We don't have to guess or second guess. And I'll just go on uh, one step further and say, if there's anything that does not line up with the word of God, it does not come from the voice of God. Because God would not deny himself. God would not deny his word. And so if it's not in the Bible and you believe that, that's not coming from the, the Lord, that's coming from the enemy. That's coming from a lie because God's word will never contradict himself. And so the first way that we learn to, to hear the spirit is we learn to read the word of God. The, the second way is that God will begin to speak to you through your circumstances, the situations, the pain, the hurts and the trials that you find yourself in. Here's what we see in Acts chapter 16. So what Paul is doing is he's trying to go through the region that is known as Turkey, where he's planting churches at. And every time he enters into a new city, the Holy Spirit stops him, prevents him from being able to enter into that city. Look what it says. And they went through the region of Phygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Listen, right now, some of you are trying to do things and make moves and make decisions in your life that God is not in it and you're pushing forward, trying to make something happen, and there is closed doors and closed opportunities every single step of the way, and you are being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to enter into those opportunities. And what God is trying to do is not to punish you, but to protect you. He's not trying to rebuke you, he's trying to redirect you into his will for your life. And so quit pushing open doors that God has kept shut for your protection. 
Here's what we see go on. The Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. He's redirecting him. When he had come up to my Asia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to. Some of you find yourself in situations where jobs and opportunities are closing in front of you, where relationships are no longer open or available to you, where you're, you're finding yourself in these moments and you're in pain and you're hurting and you're wondering, God, why, God, what are you doing? Well, a better question to ask is, God, what are you saying? Instead of asking God, what are you doing? You need to pause and you need to pray and ask God, what are you saying in this situation? because God speaks to us oftentimes through our circumstances. Another way in which God speaks to us is this. He speaks to us through wise counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, the people fail, but in abundance of counselors, there is, there is safety. You know, as a pastor, I love to be able to help people and meet with people. And I love to be able to give, give wise counsel to people who are in our church. But one of the hardest things for me to do is to give counsel to a person who told me God told me so. Oftentimes people tell me, they come up and they say, pastor, God told me. And then they go on and they list the thing that they're gonna go ahead and do. And I'm like, well, why are you even consulting me? Because there's nothing I can say. How can I ever argue with God? In reality, oftentimes what happens in those situations is that people have already made up their mind about what they wanted God to say. And now they're just not seeking permission or approval. They're just letting you know that they're gonna go ahead and make this decision anyway. They're not seeking wise counsel. They're not making decisions based upon the, the wisdom that comes from the Lord. And many times when these people make these types of decisions, they get themselves into really troubled situations. And here's the reason why. It's because there is safety when you're under spiritual authority. When you sit under a spiritual authority, when you turn to people who are godlier and wiser and have been around the block a time or two and they understand and they can be able to minister to you, they can speak life into you, they can give wisdom to you and they can be able to help you during these difficult trials and these difficult situations. And so there is a reason in which God places us in a church and that reason is so that way we can have wise counsel to be able to help make these decisions. An example in my life is whenever Ashley and I moved to Beaumont, we desired to plant Redemption Church. And I sat down with my pastor, his name's Donnie Flippo. And I said, pastor, I'm ready to plant a church here in, in Beaumont. And he said, Byron, I'm so excited. We've been praying for a new church plant in downtown Beaumont. And I believe that you're the answer to that prayer. The only thing is, is I don't think you're ready. And so we worked out a plan where I would sit under his spiritual authority for one year. I wouldn't preach, I wouldn't teach, I wouldn't serve, I wouldn't lead a small group. I would meet with him every single week, me and Ashley, and we would drink coffee and pray and we would talk about our, 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 our dreams together. And for an entire year, I served in this little Assembly of God church off of 105 with about 40 people. And then eventually Pastor Donnie said, Byron, I think you're ready. And then he gave us permission to plant this church. See, if I would have just went out and planted the church day one, I was just coming back from New York and I had a lot of hurts and heartaches and I had a lot of bitterness. I had a lot of fear and anxiety. I had a lot of foolishness inside of me. And if I wouldn't have spent that year submitted under spiritual authority, then what would have happened to the people who would have joined that launch team or joined that church? I could have ran at shipwreck. I could have wounded or spiritually abused other people. I needed that time to be able to submit under wisdom that would help me and lead me and guide me and give me direction for my life and it was actually protection for my life. Sitting under spiritual authority, submitting under wise counsel, there is safety in authority. God speaks to us through our leaders. God speaks to us through our pastors and elders and overseers. 
He even speaks to us through your small group leaders. So why it's important for you to be in a small group. There's no such thing as DIY Christianity. Get alone, get along with some of these people in your small group. Let those leaders be able to help you make these big decisions so you can hear the voice of God in your life. The next thing that we'll look at this is that he speaks through prophetic dreams, words, and visions. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love, but earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You can do both, right? Like we can pursue love and desire the gifts. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 says, if we have all the gifts and we do not have love, then we have nothing. But we're told to pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters the mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and their consolation. Now, later in the Holy Spirit series, we're gonna do like a whole six-week mini session over the different types of spiritual gifts and how they operate in a church. But for the meantime, here's what I wanna say, is in this text, what we see is this, is that a prophetic word or a dream or a vision is a way in which God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to break into our lives and speak to us and reveal mysteries of God. But I want you to focus on something here, especially those of you like me who grew up in a Pentecostal charismatic tradition and you got burned or hurt or maybe even spiritually abused through the misuse of prophetic words. Or maybe those of you grew up in a traditional environment where you're told it was satanic or demonic and, and it wasn't available for people today. And there's all these kind of questions. But in the meantime, here's what I want you to focus on. These prophetic words that God speaks to, he, he, he says this, he says that it is used for the upbuilding, the encouragement and the consolation. Listen, God will always build you up, not tear you down. If you're, having a, if you're having a word that's slipping into your mind that's tearing you down, causing you guilt or shame or condemnation, if it's causing you to doubt your faith or your salvation, if it's telling you uh, wicked and evil things and it's harming your soul, I'm telling you that is not a word from the Lord. Because when the spirit speaks, it's for the upbuilding, the encouragement and the consolation of your soul. God will always build you up. He will not tear you down. Now, yes, there is conviction that comes from a word of God, but that conviction is actually for your own safety. It is for you to repent. It is a warning. It is a sign for you to be able to enter into a closer relationship with Jesus. Do not confuse conviction with condemnation. Conviction comes from the Lord, but condemnation comes from the enemy. Some of you, you have dreams. You have prophetic visions. Some of you, you have those. That's a gift that God has given you. That is an amazing gift. Let's make sure that as a church with those who have prophetic dreams and, and, and can, can hear and understand the voice of the spirit to speak into other people's lives, let's make sure that we are stewarding that gift wisely for the edification, the upbuilding of our own body. God will always build us up. He will never tear us down. The fifth thing he does is he speaks to us through prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication, thanksgiving with your requests made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in the mind of Christ Jesus. I love that he says this, do not be anxious about anything, instead pray about everything. Anxiety is an alarm clock for your soul. It's allowing you to remember, oh, I need to spend time with God in prayer. And here's the powerful thing is prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is not just you talking to God. No, prayer is a conversation. It is a two-way conversation. It's not a monologue, it is a dialogue. 
And as you begin to pray to God and you begin to pour your heart out, he listens, he cares, and he responds, and he begins to answer prayer. Listen, many times when people are hurting, when people are suffering, when people are going through depression or anxiety, here's what I hear all the time. I'm just processing that. I'm just processing, I'm processing. Listen, processing without prayer is just talking to yourself. There is no power in the mirror. You're not that smart. Like you're not that intelligent. Like you're just lying to yourself the more you continue to talk to yourself. You're fooling yourself. You're tricking yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You're justifying yourself. You're just talking to yourself. Stop talking to yourself and take it to God in prayer. Right, spend less time processing, spend more time praying. Because what happens whenever you just process your pain all the time without taking your pain to Jesus, what you're doing is this, is you're idolizing yourself and you're diminishing God's power in your life. Spend less time processing your pain and spend more time pouring your heart out before the Lord. Let him be the one who brings the healing. Let him be the one who begins to work in your life. Let him be the one who lifts up that burden. Cast your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. And so quit talking to yourself so much and get alone with God and have a conversation with him. Quit processing and spend more time praying. Well, I'm gonna call, our, I'm gonna call um, the worship team back up here and I'm gonna close out by this final way is this. Is that the last way in which God speaks to us is this. He speaks to us through quiet moments. Look what it says in 1 Kings chapter 19. This is a, this is a fascinating story. It's a story about one of God's greatest prophets, Elijah. And it was right after this great victory. It was right after this really busy season. And I want you to know this, is that the enemy often comes and attacks you after your greatest victories. It's after these big victories, all of a sudden you're emotionally depleted and you're tired and you're anxious. And then all of a sudden your defenses are down and that's when the enemy would love to come in and steal the victory from you. And Elijah's had this amazing victory. And then all of a sudden he has a threat from uh, a, a woman who wants to take his life. And he runs and he hides in a cave. And he just starts praying, God, why don't you just kill me? I'd rather be dead. Why don't you just kill me? Why don't you just get rid of it? Why don't you just end it all right now? And he's in this dark night of the soul, this really depressed moment in his life. Probably one of the most depressing moments that we read throughout all of the scriptures. And he finds himself in that cave and God knew exactly where he was at. I want you to know, if you feel like you're in a cave, you cannot run from God. God will meet you in that cave. And here's what we see in 1 Kings 19, 12, it says, God speaks to him and says, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. So now God is revealing himself to Elijah. And here's what he says. And the, and the great and strong wind began to come. And the wind came and the mountains and broken pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind and the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound was a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went and he stood at the entrance of the cave and behold, there came a voice to him. And he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? I want you to understand something is that, is that God speaks in a whisper because he wants for you to come close. The closer you are to somebody, the, the, the softer your voice is. 
Right? You don't shout at a person who's standing next to you. No, whisper is the language of intimacy. And so the closer we draw near to God, the more clear his voice becomes in our life. And right now there's many of you who might feel like Elijah in a busy season, a, a hurried season, where it's just one thing after the next, where it's a battle and it's a fight, where it's, it's one moment and then another moment and you got no rest and you have no time. And all of a sudden, what you find in those busy seasons is your soul can only carry that momentum for so long before you break down. Elijah had a break. <coughs> you have no voice of the spirit leading you. <coughs> so here's what I wanna encourage you with in that. Is not to let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of God. Don't let the noise of the world keep you from hearing the voice of God in your life. God's always speaking, my friends. The question is, are we listening? God's he's not in the wind. You think God's going to show up in a fire. God, just give me a sign. You think he's going to show up in the earthquake. He's not in the earthquake. He's in the quiet place when you calm yourself long enough to listen, when you turn off the TV, when you turn off the phone, when you set aside dedicated time to be in his presence, I promise you he will listen, he will speak as we begin to listen.